0: So we were not expecting this one to go as long as it did. Uh, we there was more information than we expected. So <clears throat> here's the and just us half, being stupid. That too. Uh, so here's the second half of the Silver Age. Um, Brandon, go ahead and start with number nine. All right.
1: So number nine. Jigs yeah, I don't know why my <laughs> I said that very loud where even my ears went ow.
0: It sounded like your voice cracked when you tried to say it.
1: So let's try this again. Number nine. Jigsaw. There we go. Good Brandon. Uh he was created by Joe Simon, Otto Binder, and Bill Drought. It's like these guys all collectively went, Hey, can we make a bad superhero? The real question is, can we make a good one? They were Debut...
0: different companies?
1: I, mean, I guess. I guess. Mean, I mean, for all we know, these writers, especially back then, could have been like freelance writers where they were just, they they weren't exclusive to one comic book.
0: That's fair. Okay, sorry.
1: Um, no, you're fine. Debuted in Jigsaw No. 1, 1966, Harvey Comics. They keep making a return. Every time we try to get rid of them, they keep coming back. <laughs> His real name was Colonel Gray Jason. He was an astronaut with the Earth
0: Gary? Space. Gary, that says Gary.
1: Why did I say Jerry?
0: You said Gray.
1: Did I say? Oh, I. I said Gray. So when you pointed out it's Gary, I thought I said Jerry. What is going on?
0: Uh, that's that's okay. I can see how you got Gray because that's the way the brain reads. It it ignores the middle. Yeah. Uh, but...
1: Or just talking up to Brandon Tired. So he was an astronaut with the Earth Space Force and a pilot of the Stargazer 1. He gets hit by space debris uh, because of a, quote, magnetic cone that is stealing rocks, trees, and animals from remote Siberia and depositing them on the moon. Uh, So he gets hit by that or by the debris from the cone, uh, and he's rescued by the aliens, which can't can't stress this enough. Uh, they were the ones that caused the magnetic cone to steal the rocks, and he even says, Colonel Jason is rescued by the rock-stealing, but otherwise well-meaning aliens behind the phenomenon. Hmm. So they caused it and went, oh crap, uh, let's help him. He gets his body so torn up that he gets rebuilt by the aliens. During the operation, his body is replaced with multicolored plates that interlock around his limbs, granting him increased strength and stretchability.
0: Holy crap. Okay, why is this in the regret? That sounds awesome. They probably just screwed it up.
1: Probably. Because, um, yeah, it just... So here's the thing with the with the multicolored plates, they they basically look like jigsaw puzzle pieces. So it's not that he just stretches and so do the pieces. The pieces disconnect from each other like a puzzle, which makes his tendons go stretch.
0: Oh gross.
1: Uh-huh, yeah
0: right? Yeah. I Okay, I'm starting to see why this is under-regrettable.
1: It It's a good idea, but bad in... It's good in execution. theory, bad in, bad in execution.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: That's rough. Yeah, it's... But then again, it was the 60s, and that was, like, the Twilight Zone era, so, I mean, it probably wasn't too
0: off the wall, I guess. Twilight? As in, wait, what? The Twilight, Twilight. Zone. Oh, you didn't say Twilight Zone, so I was confused. You just said did Twilight, I- and I was like, "Did you mean Twilight Zone?" I, sh- I swear, I'm saying these words. I swear, <laughs> I said Zone. What? Well, either you did, and I somehow missed it. Or either that, or I said the win. Twilight Era. You did say the. Tw- I heard the Twilight Era, and I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> I swear, I'm not on drugs.
0: You're just tired.
1: Very. It, um.
0: Effect it on the brain, so. <laughs>
1: Basically, yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah, um, it even says uh, at the end of the book, or at the end of the page, after that, Jigsaw eventually fell to pieces and hasn't been put back together again. What is he, hunting now?
0: Boo! This book is making me angry with their puns.
1: And uh, just wait till you get to number 10, which you will be reading now.
0: Okay, number 10 is Miracle Man. Okay, uh, it's created by, I'm sorry, the the guy who created his name, made me laugh, because his name is Mick Angelo, it it looked like it said Mick, (laughs) Mick Angelo, like Michelangelo, you know what I'm talking about, right?
1: Oh, I do, and I wish I didn't, because this is where my brain, continue. (laughs) But
0: it it, it actually says Mick Angelo, uh, and apparently we're both tired. Um. So this was the shortest one. It's weird. Uh, it they de- The character debuted in Miracle Man number one in 1965. The publishers Thorpe and Porter. Sounds British. Um. Uh, there's nothing much to say about this character. Uh, and he's kind of Captain Marvel-esque. Which Captain Marvel? Because apparently there were three.
1: Yes. Exactly. Actually, there
0: were more than that, but...
1: It literally, like, it, if... I don't want to go through all this, because it, it's mainly talking about no, the writer... Uh, mainly, I'm gonna say mainly it's the Captain Marvel that we know as Shazam. Okay. So it's
0: like uh,
1: that Yes. Um, it's... It's weird, because it, the entire page, or the entire two pages, mainly talks about the writers of the of not just Miracle-Man, but also Captain Marvel, and just going through the whole debacle of the multiple Captain Marvels. Not just the ones from DC and Marvel, but the ones that we don't know about. Like, there was even one called Su- uh, Super Hombre. Super Hombre. Like, yeah.
0: Superman? I guess... Literally, that's what that means, Superman. Ombre. Okay, so
1: base basically the name Superman, but the powers were pretty much Captain Marvel. Like it even says the result was Super Hombre, another Captain Marvel-esque superhero bearing the same name that Superman held in the Mexican market. It <laughs> it it literally. The, if you ever get your chan- get a chance to read this book.
0: I better. You're gonna let me borrow that just for that page, right?
1: Sure. I wasn't just talking to you, though. I was talking to the listeners. Okay, or, just, or just or just look up this book and look up that section, because it, it's it's kind of interesting to read, because it doesn't talk a thing about Miracle-Man until, like, the second-to-last paragraph.
0: Huh.
1: Yeah, it's... nothing much.
0: Fascinating. Is it, though? The fact that they don't talk about the character when they're supposed to, yes, that's pretty fascinating.
1: Here, there, that shows how bad the character was. That's fair. Like, we should talk about this character, but let's talk about something else. So,
0: just like where um,
1: Exactly. Number 11, Mr. Muscles. Ugh. <laughs> what? He was created Your by. Re- Go ahead.
0: Your reaction to some of these, uh, like, we don't know why you're reacting to it yet.
1: Because I, I'm only reacting because I'm, more, I'm having to reread this stuff. And it was bad the first time. It doesn't get better the second go around. <laughs> and also, if anything, it's, it's, a, it's a good indication for the listeners and you to go, oh, no, I got to hear this. So he was created by Jerry Siegel. Debuted in Mr. Muscle's number 22, 1956 by Charlton Comics. Again, they're like Harvey. They keep coming back. Harvey. Harvey! Uh, His real name was Brett Carson. He suffered from a very severe case of polio, and he pledged to, quote, achieve absolute perfection. And literally, it goes from that to saying that he has tremendous physical strength and peak conditioning now. Doesn't say he gained his powers from anything. It's basically he He worked... Go ahead.
0: He suffered from polio. He probably recovered and then decided I never want to be sick again. I never want to feel like I did when I had polio because you're super weak when you have polio.
1: Right. I mean, it's... I mean, uh, it even says, uh, during the sub- subsequent months of struggle, he slowly recovers in small, painful bursts, he moves his finger, he is able to sit, while receiving a con- consistent lack of encouragement from the doctors. Uh, after being told he'll never walk again. So basically, it's like a real-life story of years and years of physical therapy, and oh look, he's able to walk again. Um, but also, it basically like saying just because he worked out a lot, he has super strength now.
0: It doesn't say he has super super strength. He has tremendous physical strength. It does not say that it's super. No, this but that's it's it's not superhuman. Well, it's near superhuman, but it's probably the most the mo the most the human can do. Yeah.
1: Okay. So he gains the partner named Miss Muscles, who only made one appearance, and he also has a sidekick named Kid Muscle. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Yeah, he mainly fought Carnies, the Mob, a wrestler named Jake Armbuster, and a redheaded, ab- uh, I'm sorry, a redheaded, abominable snowman, and a mad zookeeper.
0: Can we go back to him fighting carnies? Why is it? What's he got against the people who work at carnivals, man?
1: I don't know. I'm I, I'm gonna read this from the book. Okay. Mr. Muscle. Mr. Muscles finds himself pitted against crooks and murderers with some frequency. Among his foes are carnies, the mob. A convince. Uh. Can. Yeah conniving wrestler named Jake Armbuster, a red-headed ab- abominable snowman portrayed as a giant, bearded man wearing an animal skin with no explanation where he came from, and a mad keeper whose envy of Mr. Muscle's physique drives him to arrange a murder by tiger. <laughs> I know, more questions than answers. Yep. But with all that great action and plot. He only lasted two issues. Go figure.
0: I like that last sentence. In the plot. That was great. All the Love plot. One. All the plot. That was... the... No surprise here for, for so, some of these. These are these are bad. Okay. Um.
1: But wait. There's more.
0: But wait. There's more. Number 12. Nature Boy.
1: And no, it's not Ric Flair. Don't, don't ask this, continue.
0: <laughs> but I have to. I don't
1: R- wrestler.
0: I know it's a wrestler, but how okay. is that related to Nature Boy?
1: Because his nickname was The Nature Boy Ric Flair.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Which he stole from Buddy Rogers. No, I don't. I, don't I can't remember what I learned in high school. I could barely keep track of the stuff from this book. Quiz me on wrestling. I could go back to the twenties. <laughs> hey, I did a senior paper on it uh, on Greco on uh, Greco Roman wrestling. G- got me a A. Got me to graduate high school. So mm, take that, which will.
0: You like wrestling? That's what I take from that. Yes. Um, <laughs> number twelve is Nature Boy. Uh, it's created by Jerry Siegel. Is that the same guy as before? Yes. Okay. is a...
1: the same name.
0: Yep. J... It's the same um, comic uh, book um, publisher, so I'm assuming it's the same guy. Jerry Siegel and John Buscema.
1: Buscema?
0: Buscema would also work, but there was no H, so I assumed Buscema.
1: I almost said Buscemi because that's an actor.
0: Yeah. Uh, the character debuted in Nature Boy number three in 1956. Uh, the publisher was Charlton Comics. Uh, Nature Boy's real name was David Crandall. His parents crashed in in an airplane. <laughs>
1: This is probably where the shorthand kind of kinda, kinda peaked its <laughs>
0: ugly head. Which is why I just started laughing. I was like, oh no. okay so the parents were in an airplane crash and rescued by a passing boat. Was the Okay. Oh, okay. The kid okay, the parents were ran... the... him and his parents ran an airplane crash. Yes?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: The boy was rescued by a passing boat.
1: No, the parents
0: were. The the parents were rescued by a passing boat and the parents assumed David drowned. Got it. Okay. David found... David...
1: What? Yeah, there you
0: go. Yeah, I forgot what I said. (laughs) (laughs) David was found at the front door of his um, family estate, unharmed. Moments later... uh, Delivered by a gust. You got. You gotta help me out here,
1: man. Okay. So moments after the crash, David was found at the front door of the family estate, unharmed. Uh, he was delivered to that front door by a gust of wind.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, just just read the next line, and it'll make I sense, I guess.
0: Maybe. Depends on if that one's in shorthand, too. Um, saved from being drowned by counseled gods, okay, who are hanging out underwater for no reason. <laughs>
1: That's from the book. I didn't just put that. That's from the book.
0: I assume that much. Uh, they were hanging out underwater for no reason, and they adopted him as their own. Then why did they send him back to his... House
1: because they were the godparents,
0: boo. Okay, um,
1: no, it, that's what they are. I
0: did it, what? Okay, okay, his parents, they're gods, and they're his parents' godparents. Sure, um,
1: it says it in the book. That's I, all I'm
0: saying. I could see that in your notes, and I'm still confused. Um, he grows up. Uh, to become Nature Boy. Uh, and he's entrusted with a fraction of the powers from his godparents, um, and he had to ask them for permission to use the powers. So he has a little Yes. Point. What are his powers?
1: So, um, I had it. There we go. Um, let me, let me just read this patch from the book. Um, David grows up to become Nature Boy, a crusader for good entrusted with a fraction of the powers of its adopted godparents, only a few of whom are familiar to anyone who gave Edith Hamilton's mythology a passing glance, which is, I'm going to say, it's a book. Uh, there's the well-known Neptune, but also Gusto, god of the air, Fira, ruler of fire, Ertha, who predictably enough rules the earth, and then Allura, Azura, Electra, and Frigga, or Frigga, uh, F-R-I-G-A. Yeah. Um, who command the realms of love, sky, electricity, and cold. His title also featured the appearance of Nature Man, possibly Nature Boy as an adult, and Nature Girl, who protected the jungle by wielding the powers of gravity.
0: Okay.
1: So it, and, but also, it even says, it's unusual for a superhero to appeal to his benefactors to to deliver the tools to fight crime and injustice. Basically, he had to ask mom and dad for powers. He had to keep going, guys, there's some trouble. Can I have some powers? And listen, I... he can ride on lightning bolts, That's powerful nice. winds, earthquakes, and so on. Like, he had to ask for those things. To be able to have the power to control those things just to fight crime.
0: Yeah, I can see how that would hinder his ability to be a hero. Completely. It's slowing down.
1: He was, in short, one of the few superheroes who had to ask permission to use his powers.
0: Yeah, I can't think of another one. Right. Um, oh uh,
1: and he seemed to have acquired it on his own the ability to change back and forth between his heroic and civilian identities, which he does in a flash, accompanied by his genuinely odd, if enthusiastic, exclamation letter rip. Letter
0: rip. What is this? Uh Beyblades?
1: I don't know, but like I I'm I'm going You know, it's kind of cool for Billy Batson to shout shazam and oh look but go let her rip and you turn into a superhero i'm sorry i will just laugh at you
0: uh, that's bad that I don't,
1: yes. i'm angry with that one yep it doesn't get any better number 13 nemesis Number
0: 13
1: Right, nemesis. No, not this ain't Resident Evil. He was created by Richard E. Hughes and Pete Castanza, debuted in Adventures into the Unknown number nine, uh, number nine, number 154, 1965, and the publisher was American Comics Group. Uh, his real name was Steve Flint. He was a former police detective while pursuing. Uh, rewind that. While pursuing my boss, uh Goradi, he gets oh. hit by a tr- uh, Steve gets hit by a train. He arrives in the home of the dead, called the Unknown.
0: The dead are called the Unknown, or the home is called the Unknown?
1: The home is called the Unknown. Okay. Like, uh, the Underworld, it's the Unknown. I got that. So, uh, lost my place, because that, that happens dog? way too often. Yeah, thank you. Um, because the... I gotta read this from the book because this still just gets me. Um, Promptly, deta- uh, Flint takes the opportunity of a backlogged admission system to formally request that he be allowed to return to Earth to avenge his own murder. Basically, he was at the DMV of the dead and they were taken too long to get to his number, so he goes, hey, while I wait, can I just go back to Earth and avenge myself?
0: Ah, bureaucracy.
1: Right? Um, because, so basically, because of this, he, he, because he's ultimately a ghost, he has power of flight, super strength, other ghost powers, uh, he can also, weirdly enough, change his size, read minds, and travel through time.
0: Those are totally normal ghost powers.
1: Sure. Well. Oh, but get this: even though he was dead, he still had weaknesses, like he still had to breathe.
0: So he could be choked.
1: He, uh,
0: well, like not suffocated. choked because,
1: uh, yes, he could be suffocated, like through gas or drowning. Okay. Uh, his. His other weaknesses were excessive super illumination for excessive periods of time, and he was still vulnerable to motor weapons. Wait, So okay. you can...
0: L- Hang on. Go now. ahead. Excessive illumination. So he his weakness is light? Yep. So he can't be out during the day?
1: Well, I don't know, because it, it actually... Hmm... Um, it says, all these powers came with uh, limitations, however. Despite being dead, he still had to breathe, da, da 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 More important, exposure to excessively strong illumination turned Nemesis into a powerless weakly. So, I'm, I'm gonna say it's like, not sun, not like sunlight as much as super, I, I think it's the brightness of the light that turns him weak. Not what light.
0: So, also the sun, though, would qualify for that, though.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of vague, but still weird. But yeah. the main thing is, you could shoot a ghost and kill him.
0: Yeah, that, okay. Wait, what? Okay, sure. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. I tried to... I, tried. I love that. Yeah,
1: of course, that does make sense. Yep. Um. I tried. And, it, and his... His uh, run ended. Mm, excuse me. And it says, uh, presumably, he retired to the unknown. It literally, like, it says some other stuff, but nothing. Like, he had a girlfriend that was still alive, although the Grim, Grim Reaper disapproved of the relationship.
0: Uh, duh, because that guy's dead.
1: Yeah, it's it's weird.
0: <laughs> okay, um...
1: Hey guys, it's Brandon here. Just wanted to uh, make sure you don't forget to definitely check out our YouTube page and our website where we post uh, video and written reviews and we also do character analysis on our YouTube channel. Definitely subscribe to our newsletter and our YouTube channel and hey I mean if you like what you're hearing on on our podcast, I mean it just sounds so good for your ears, doesn't it? It just uh, relaxes you, doesn't it? Um, You can find us on uh, iTunes podcast and on Stitcher Radio for uh, Android phones Um, and definitely, definitely please subscribe to our podcast. I mean we try to pop these out every week or so, uh, we're going good so far, but you never know. Uh, and also, definitely, definitely support us on our Patreon page and our coffee. That's K-O-F-I. The real difference between the two is Patreon is basically a subscription page where you pay monthly well coffee is more it's more um just you pay as you go you want to give us a dollar you want to give us ten dollars for that one day that's up to you and that's perfectly fine uh and we really want you to support us on that because every every dime does help us uh with production with our equipment and you get you get paybacks for that because it helps us with our with the product that we want to produce for you guys and for ourselves uh so please support us in all those uh places you know thanks so much and back to the show This one, this next one that you're about to read, yeah, I'm probably gonna have to help you, like with Nature Boy.
0: Fair enough. This one, the next Not, one is also ahead, really, really short. Um, number fourteen is Peacemaker. Uh, it's crea- it was was doing so well. It's was created. Yep,
1: by- yep, yep. Europe.
0: It was created by Joe Gill and Pat Boyette. Uh, debuted in. Fighting five. No, fighting. Fighting five. My bad. (laughs) Fighting five. (laughs) Number forty.
1: I was about (laughs) to say there's no G. It's not fighting.
0: (laughs) Fighting five. Number forty. Uh, 1966 by Charlton Comics again. I feel really bad for that publisher because well, here's the thing. I
1: think this one's their worst one in my opinion.
0: Okay. Uh peacemaker's real name is Christopher Smith. Um and he uses non-lethal weaponry. What is non-lethal weaponry? Anything you can use oh, as a weapon geez. can be can be lethal. So what is non-lethal weaponry? Well, like a, like a foam stick.
1: Well, let me kind of just start at the beginning. Peacemaker. It even sa- it says peacemaker was famously quote the man who loves peace so much that he is willing to fight for it. Um, it literally... the It says, why does he do it? Because man... Quote, because man is civilized, governed by law. But unfortunately, there are madmen who will not obey those laws and will not submit to the sanity of diplomacy. So basically, he, he just does it because... Not because somebody killed his friends, family, girlfriend, son, daughter, nothing. Not even his dog, like John Wick. It's just I don't like how people get away with stuff. I'm a gonna, I'm a gonna be a superhero.
0: You should have done that in a southern accent. I'm a gonna be a superhero. I'm a gonna be a superhero. Ding. Elaine, get my shotgun. No, he said non-lethal weaponry. Now, tell me what that is.
1: I'm trying to find it. Um,
0: Because literally anything you can use as a weapon can be lethal.
1: The Peacemaker is also a brilliant innovator of assorted non-lethal weaponry. Outfitted with a level of uh, armament, armament, (laughs) uh, one might normally associate with a small country, Smith wages a one-man war on would-be world conquerors, petty tyrants, and one of comics' rare mad doomsday preppers.
0: Did you just say, enough (laughs) for us to to arm a small country?
1: Outfitted with a level of armaments, one might normally associate with a small country,
0: yes. Holy crap, okay.
1: Okay.
0: Um, It doesn't tell me what kind of weapons he uses.
1: I mean, it doesn't really say, oh, but get this, his credo, End Conflicts with Nonviolent Solutions, and it says this in the book, parentheses, although he apparently didn't count, quote, tremendous explosions as violence.
0: Well, I guess if no one's dying, sure.
1: I don't know, I think, I think the message is still pretty freaking violent.
0: I guess. I, I will exactly. not shoot
1: you, I'll blow you up with a bomb, but I won't shoot you.
0: But he did. It, uh, he, his his goal was non lethal. He didn't say he wasn't gonna use violence. He just didn't want to kill anybody.
1: Like this one, it it just, I I like. It's, there's nothing much to him. Um, he he was inspired by the example of his parents. His father was a soldier. Uh, bleh. his father was a soldier because that's that's an actual word, statesman and adventurer. His mother was a research scientist. He develops an array of varied skills, ranging from spearfishing and engineering, because we need to know that he can kill a fish with a stick. <laughs>
0: um,
1: cr- uh, creates his own personal arsenal of undeadly arms. He carried a gun with uh, with fired, quote, medicated pellets, end quote, to stun his enemies in in, su- in sense it. In uh, plus, knockout guys that could be fired, quote, at supersonic speeds. Okay. Oh, but get this. Despite his lofty ambitions, the Peacemaker is remembered primarily for wearing a helmet that resembled a toilet seat.
0: <laughs> I have to see that.
1: As a matter of fact, the helmet and his entire costume was packed with weaponry. The helmet held a laser and was impregnated with high explosives and a hidden fuse. His gloves became firebombs with it when a secret vial sewn into them was crushed, the heels of his boots were densely packed with plastic explosives, even a shirt was woven of highly flammable material. Basically the peacemaker was always an errant spark away from exploding into a million bits. <laughs> It is the worst superhero, but it is the funniest cartoon you've got to watch.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I'm, a... I'm, a... I'm just yep. looking. I'm looking at pictures of him now. Uh, you were not like, have, did you, can you see it? Is it, is a picture of him in the book?
1: There is, but it's, I mean, it, it the picture doesn't do toilet seat justice.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: It looks like he has the beehive hairdo from the 50s in the uh, picture I'm looking at.
0: That's fair. It does, it does kind of look like a toilet seat on top of a helmet. Like, he placed the toilet seat on his helmet. Oh
1: my gosh. But now I, I get why it says his credo was to end conflicts with nonviolent solutions, although he apparently didn't count tremendous explosions as violent. He was, walk, he was a walk he was a walking he was a legit walking talking, you know, atom bomb to an extent.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my gosh. All right. What's the next one? Oh boy. Oh boy.
1: Oh boy. Uh fifteen. No, I'm not doing that voice. That would kill me.
0: That was hilarious. This... <laughs> Just sounded like Mickey Mouse all of a sudden.
1: That was the point.
0: That was
1: uh, of course, uh, fifteen. The Sentinels.
0: <laughs> Wait, the Sentinels from probably not the Sentinels that I'm thinking of because I was thinking the probably not. Yeah, the Sentinels from um, Marvel.
1: So, the Sentinels. They were created by Gary Friedrich and Sam Granger. Freed. Close enough. Uh, there, the the Sentinels' real names were Rick Strong, Cindy Carson, and Crunch Wilson. Crunch. They were, but get this—they were a trio of protest singers. What? Um, let me let me read you some of these. Oh
0: dear.
1: As the protesters performing such cheerful uh, ditties as the Doomsday Dirge. Sample lyric, the doomsday dirge, the doubters will purge, the doubters will purge, and folksy jailhouse hits, uh, daring, cen- uh, daring censure, the hard-hitting lyrics like, then I threw a pie in the warden's face. Okay. Right. Dad.
0: Okay.
1: So, this is where things get weird. They is gain it? their powers. They gain their powers from their landlord, Mr. Jones, whose real name was uh Kolotov. He was a he was a Russian scientist who fled the Soviets. He also created outfits that give the the wearer of the suit powers. So, Rick becomes Helio, he can fly. Cindy becomes mentalia telepathy and crunch becomes a brute but his name is he becomes brute and he is a brute that's literally it hmm. uh they mainly fought their uh the the foe mind bender
0: you see you see there bender with an e like i said bender with an e not i
1: <laughs> you really going to chuck that up yeah yep, really? yep. <sighs> Anyways, they weren't particularly good at superheroing. Yeah. Um, at one point, Helio takes a bump on the head that renders him confused, uh, a confused uh, amnesiac for a full third of the Sentinels' few adventures together. So, for a third of their adventures, what he he had amnesia. So. Not a third of an issue, but a third of an entire run.
0: Let me get this straight.
1: I don't think you can.
0: (laughs) So they were probably intending to have this go longer. Um, Did you ever say... You didn't say uh, the the issue that they started or uh, the publisher
1: because I didn't put that in oh my god
0: (laughs) yeah Um.
1: so they debuted let's run this back they debuted in Thunderbolt volume 3 number 50 I swear I wrote this okay this is the problem that I keep having apparently at one point my palm hit my mouse pad which moved my cursor and I deleted that entire thing because I actually remember typing that up
0: interesting Uh, so they debuted
1: in thunderbolt volume three number 54 by charlton comics okay in
0: 1966 okay so so my my guess is because we know that charlton comics went out of business fairly quickly they probably were intending for it to go longer and do something with the amnesia storyline but because it was really short they did not get the chance to do anything with it
1: yeah but, but get this because i have to read some more lyrics no, all please. three of all three have fame and fortune no, on their mind I, I, they hate communism and they're downright d- differential to authority figures what kind of protesters are these as the band sings Got me a great big exploding bomb, fixing to drop it on Vietnam, but I lost my way, and instead, I dropped it on my uncle's head.
0: I'm upset. Good. <laughs> Join in my misery. No!
1: I love, how, I love how you were falling down. Popped up for a second, then fell down.
0: No, I'm oh. <laughs> Are we ready for the next one?
1: You mean the last one? Yes. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Uh, my guess is yes, because you're, you're done with that one, right?
1: God, I wish I was done sooner, but yes.
0: Okay, so uh, that was loud. I'm sorry. Um, number 16, the final one in... The Silver Age of the Regrettable Heroes um, is Spy Man. So, uh, Spy Man was created by Joe Simon and Jim Steranko. Uh, debuted in Spy Man Number One in 1966, and the publisher is Harvey Comics. Welcome back, Harvey Comics. It's nice to see you
1: again. <laughs> is it though?
0: Nope. Uh, real name, Spider-Man's real name is Johnny Chance Agent of Liberty so he's an Agent of Liberty does Liberty, is Liberty a um, acronym for something
1: I was about about to say it's an acronym so secret that not even the reader is told what it stands for
0: good lord, okay
1: oh, it gets worse
0: Lovely. Okay, um... Johnny Chance loses his left hand from removing a radioactive core from a bomb. Okay. Yes. Uh, and after surgery, he wakes up with a cybernetic hand uh, packed with gadgets and weapons. Oh my gosh. He's... Uh, it, get,
1: it gets weird.
0: He's Inspector Gadget. It gets weird. But he's Inspector Gadget!
1: It gets weird.
0: Alright. Each finger... has a different gadget slash weapon. Inspector Gadget. uh, uh, Carries pouches with spare fingers. Not
1: Inspector Gadget.
0: No, but... I'm still getting Inspector Gadget vibes from this.
1: So, So let me just... Let me read you at least the first five... Um, or let me read you some of the power, or some of the things of his hand. Uh, his middle finger is an X-ray. His pointer finger is a blaster. His pinky is a recorder. Uh, D is a control. I'm gonna say for remote control. Okay. Um, E, um, not E. I'm sorry. Uh, his, I don't. It's not the palm. Uh, what like it's the. The very bottom of your fingers, like, kind of the knuckles, ish.
0: What?
1: Okay, you look at the look at your hand.
0: I'm staring at it, man.
1: Okay, you like the top portion right before you get to your fingers.
0: (laughs) Uh, uh, Okay.
1: Okay, like okay, make a I, fist. Do you see where your knuckles are? It's the opposite of it's the opposite side of those. And
0: I no, I don't. <laughs> I I I don't know what it's called because like the heel of your your palm is like the bottom down below your thumb. So but I don't like, know what's called, but you know what
1: I'm talking about, right?
0: I think so. It might okay. also be called the heel. It's where your fingers attach to your hand. That's what you're talking about.
1: Right. Like, okay. if you curl your fingers, you can touch it. No, that, that's too
0: complicated. It's the place where your finger's attach to your hand. That part of your palm.
1: If my mom was awake, I'd be going, Mom, because she's a nurse. Mom, yeah, what's okay, this part Yeah, mom?
0: but what I'm saying is simplified and makes more sense if we, since we don't All know right. what you're talking about.
1: So that part is, called, is a magnet. His thumb is a camera. And... The middle of his hand is a black light ray.
0: I thought his thumb was a control.
1: Did I say his thumb? I meant his ring finger.
0: Okay, okay. I
1: swear I'm not saying these words you say I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> Because uh, as I'm saying that sentence, I'm like looking at my ceiling, like I swear I'm not doing this. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret.
0: <laughs> what is that from?
1: I don't know. I want to say it's it's from that 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 musical where Bobber Streisand goes, "Papa, can you hear me?" Uh, what Deadpool points out, it sounds like you want to build a snowman. I
0: just want to know Ugh. it's from. Okay, 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 okay. Back on track. Nope, nope, nope. I'm figuring it out. Where's it from?
1: Woman, don't do this.
0: Nope, nope, nope. We're going to know your meme. <laughs> we're on, on.
1: Uh, we're, did you say we're going to know your meme or like we're going to a site called Know Your Meme?
0: <laughs> the second one. Actually, okay. It's a book by Judy Bloom. It's called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. It's the name of a book.
1: Okay. Bloom,
0: apparently. Um, I don't know what it's about, but it's a book, and apparently it became a meme because that's a hilarious title.
1: But but yeah, when you said uh, we're going to know your meme, it sounded like a seventies game show. Welcome to know your meme.
0: All right, so in Survey the future, says... so sorry, in in the future, basically we're just gonna be like the past, right? And So we're gonna have game shows that are like '60s game shows, and that's gonna be one of them because memes are a thing now. Anyways, back to Spider. Oh my
1: God, no!
0: You know it's gonna happen. It's gonna be fantastic. Um. you. <laughs> so okay, uh, so his headquarters is inside the Statue of Liberty. Um, he. Fought weird villains. That's very specific. Um, are the names of the villains ID machine? Is that one? Yep. Okay. Yep. ID machine. Styxops um, and the Whisperer. Okay. Why that that's say... gotta be
1: a weird. Who are you? I'm going to rob this bank. <gasps> the Whisperer.
0: Um. So why did you say they were weird villains?
1: Because well, oh, uh, let me see if I can find that bit. Well, um, one, it says it in the book.
0: Okay, okay, sure. Whatever, whatever the book says, you know. Because this is the only information that we have on these heroes, so why not? Um, I think so... that's what
1: they—that's what they were saying when they were creating these, these heroes. Yeah, why
0: not? It's not fair. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he also fought evil organizations. Uh, one of them is called Evil Eye Society. And the other is called Mirage. Is Mirage an acronym?
1: Not just that. It is probably, I've never seen one of these before. But it is a reverse acronym. What? It stands for the Empire of Guerrilla Assassination revenge and international menace
0: what <laughs> <laughs> who does the wrong for acronym? what the crap Reverse... i mean what, a, what
1: well, i mean it's not like there's an actual word that that goes e g a r i m
0: no i i know but 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 they just... What? I... I... what well, I... It only had three appearances. Okay. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, <laughs> Gracie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks for listening.
0: Join us next time on Geekedia FM. Same geek time same geek channel